السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته نحمده ونصلي على رسول الكريم عن معباد فقد قال الله سبحانه وتعالى بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمين مسلمون صدق الله العظيم أنربل اللسنس السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته The present day world that we are living in everybody is seeking rights either through protests, through demonstrations associations, organizations have been established to achieve this object however if we look respect the listeners very little focus is placed on the fulfillment of duties and responsibilities. In reality, if we look, very few are concerned about carrying out their responsibilities to others. And we have to look at the essence of the teachings of Allah and His Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We'll find and we'll realize that it is everybody's duty that he should carry out what is entrusted to him. And if people begin to carry out their duties to one another, the rights of others will be fulfilled. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has made mention in one hadith something to the effect that none of you will be a true believer until he loves for his brother what he loves for himself. Commentators of hadith make mention, they say that problems of this world will go away if each person just keeps this hadith in mind keeps this hadith in front of him. All the problems of the world will be solved. On one occasion, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was sitting with his companion, Sahaba radiallahu anhum, and he asked them something to the effect, Oh my Sahaba, do you know who is a pauper? So Sahaba radiallahu anhum were such people that even if they knew what the answer was, out of respect, out of love for the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they used to say, Allahu wa Rasuluhu a'lam, and Allah and His Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam knows best. So then they said, O oh, Nabi of Allah, please do tell us. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, A person who will come on the day of Qiyamah, what a lot of salah, he made, he performed a lot of sajda, he performed a lot of salah, he, he paid his zakat, he did a lot of a'mal, good deeds, etc. However, claims will be thrown against him. For example, that is, he swore at someone, he killed someone unlawfully, he stole the wealth of somebody, he injured somebody with no valid Islamic reason. Such a person, that will be his condition on the day of Qiyamah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will tell that person whom he harmed, whom he caused discomfort to, that take all his good deeds and bring it, take it on, take, take all his good deeds, and whatever bad deeds you have done, give it to him. So here, the deeds will be transferred to one another. Another important question we have to ask ourselves, respected listeners, is that what are the rights of people? If you look, every person, be it a Muslim, be it a non-Muslim, has five rights. The first one is protection of life. Allah says in the Quran something to the effect that do not kill anyone whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted sanctity to accept for a just cause. Everybody wants to live 
who wants to be protected. No one wants harm to come to them. When we put our head on the pillow at night, we want to have a peaceful sleep. We, want, we don't want to be waken up in the middle of the night and people are entering our home unjustly and in the, in the process, our lives are being taken away. No. And we are living in those times, respected listeners, where we see people unlawfully, innocent people are losing lives. Innocent people are being hijacked. Innocent people are losing lives. So the first right of every human being is protection of life. The second right is protection of wealth and property. Allah says that do not eat up your property. Do not eat up your property amongst yourself. That everybody wants their wealth to be protected. I mean, with your hard effort, your hard earnings, how it is that somebody comes and just unlawfully takes it away, it hurts a person. So the second right is protection of wealth and property. The third right is protection of honor. Islam prohibits mocking people, calling people derogatory names, spying on people, backbiting, etc. Islam doesn't like things like this. For example, if we backbite about something, which is very common we see today, where we see people backbiting. In the Quran, in the sixth part of the Holy Quran, Allah speaks about this. And Allah says that person who bites, it is like eating the dead flesh of his next Muslim brother. On one occasion, Nabi Sallallahu came across two women who were talking, and he told them to put their fingers in their mouth and to spew out. And when they spew out, chunks of meat came out from them. And he told them something to the effect that this is the result of the two, two of you backbiting about somebody. So we can see the severity of such evil sicknesses that we find common, which we find commonly found, in, which we find today, which is very common in people. So the third right of a fellow Muslim, or third right of a fellow human being rather, is the protection of honor. The fourth right is protection of livelihood. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again says, leave the people free so that Allah ta'ala can provide for them livelihood through one another. Okay, everyone wants to love everybody. We, we need to love. We need to love also. We need to earn also. So, But we want to earn it in the right way. And we want to do it in a way where we can partner with people. We can do business with one another in a peaceful, calmful way. Not in a way where we are forced to do things. And the last right of a human being is protection of belief. There is no compulsion in deen in entering into the religion of Islam, although da'wah should continue. Yes, we should invite people towards Islam, following the footsteps of all the Anbiya, all the Prophets, and that is by inviting people. But we shouldn't force people to come into the fold of Islam. We should show them the beauty of Islam through our character, through our speech, and like this, this is how people will come into the fall of Islam. Sahaba radiallahu anhu were the practical examples of this. That wherever they travel in the world, they never knew languages of certain countries. But they used to well, they show Islam through the character. And that is what attracted people towards entering the fall of Islam. Now that was the five rights of, a, of every human being. And now... If you look at the right of a Muslim, we being the reciters of the Salimah, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, there are five basically six rights of a Muslim in general. The first one is 
greet him when you meet him. So important it is, what a beautiful form of greeting we have in our religion, that it is a, it is a dua. If you meet a person now and you greet him, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, then Allah Ta'ala grants you that reward. And not only that, you are making dua for him. You're saying, Assalamu alaikum, may the peace come upon you. Wa rahmatullah and the mercy of Allah. Wa barakatuh and his blessings, and his blessings descend upon you. If you meet a person now and you meet him 10 years later down the line, that dua will remain with him for that 10 years. SubhanAllah. Unlike the other ways of greeting, where you only tell a person his morning must be good, or his afternoon must be good, or his night must be good. No, yeah, such a universal greeting it is that you are making dua for the person. So that is the first right of our Muslim brother or sister. The second one is, here also we must keep in mind, respected listeners, that we should greet those who we know, and those who we don't know also. And we shouldn't adopt this attitude that why must I greet him when he doesn't greet me? No. We should be the first to greet. By greeting, it creates mutual love. It creates brotherhood. Ukhuwat is in Arabic. It creates brotherhood amongst one another. When you go for Hajj, you'll see on the signboards, on the street uh, lampposts, you will see signs they're showing, Afshu Salam. Spread, make Salam a common practice among yourself. Why? Because the entire Muslim Ummah, or you can say so much, two, three million people coming for Hajj from different backgrounds, from different nationalities, from different countries, and yeah, make salam with one another. So that is the first right. The second right is when your Muslim brother or sister invites you, then accept his invitation. You also be very careful, keep in mind that as long as it is not going against the dictates of Sharia, then we should accept the invitation. Today also we should be very careful what invitations we accept because if music is being played, the intermingling of sexes is taking place, haram activities are taking place, then it's better to stay away from such gatherings. But if the law of Allah is not being broken and we have, and a person invites you and, by all, and paradise is being observed, for example, then at our, as far as possible we should try and attend uh, such uh, invitations. That's the second right of our Muslim brother or sister. The third right is wish well for him in all conditions. When he seeks your advice, then advise him. If a person comes to you, give him good counsel. If, uh, don't give him uh, evil counsel. Follow in the path of Nabi Sallallahu Follow in the path of Ammi Salatu Wasalam. You don't know that one small advice you give your Muslim brother or sister which can change his life. You can earn your Jannah like that. So that's the third right of our Muslim brother or sister that wish well for him in all conditions. And number four, the fourth right of our Muslim brother or sister is that reply to him when he sneezes. If a person when he sneezes, he say Alhamdulillah. And you hear, you hear the person saying Alhamdulillah, you hear him sneezing, then reply, Alhamdulillah. It is a story mentioned of Imam Abu Hanifa, Rahmatullah Alayhi, Imam Al Adam. On one occasion, he was at the banks of a river. And the person was on a small boat, normally there at the river, they hire the small boats out. So if you want to cross the river, and this person was on the small boat, and he was, uh, he was taking off with the boat, and he sneezed, and he said, Alhamdulillah. Imam Abu Hanifa could not reply to his sneezing straight away. He thought to himself that if I have to reply now, that person won't hear me. So Imam Abu Hanifa hired a boat, and he went across the river, 
just to reply to the sneezing of that person. Subhanallah. Imam Al-Azam, Imam Abu Hanifa, what, how much did he regard, how much respect, and how much love he had for the sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam by fulfilling the right of his Muslim brother by replying to the sneezing of that person, subhanAllah. So that is the fourth quality respected listeners of our Muslim brothers and sisters. And when we hear him sneezing, we should reply to his sneezing. And the fifth thing is, visit him when he is sick. No person likes to lay in a hospital from days on end. It's a very depressing place. They want encouragement all the time. Try to make it a point, inshallah, to visit the sick, be it family, also not family. Go to the hospitals and see how many of our Muslim brothers and sisters are sitting there, are lying there sick. And by us going there, giving them a good word, making them smile, making them laugh a little, giving them encouragement, Allah's mercy will descend. Angels are enshrouding that person. When hadith comes to mind, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the ummah, why didn't you come visit me? So he said, oh Allah, how can we visit you? He says, certain, certain person was sick. If you visited him or her, it is like you have visited me. Subhanallah, respected listeners. Allah's mercy is on that person. 70,000 malaika make dua for that person who visits the sick. So we should try, inshallah, to visit the sick. Give them form words of encouragement. Also keeping in mind when we visit the sick, not to stay too long, not to prolong our stay also. Just go there, uh, make dua for him, read the sunnah, masnoon duas, which the way of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us, and inshallah, Allah Ta'ala's mercy will descend upon us, inshallah. And the last right of our Muslim brother or sister is that we should attend his or her janazah. What is the reward for a person who attends the janazah of his Muslim brother or sister? It is mentioned, a qirat in reward. And what is the qirat in reward? A qirat in reward is equal to the size of Mount Uhud in Medina. Subhanallah. And if the person follows it up with the burial, not only the janazah salah, he will get two qirat in reward, meaning two, uh, two mountains of Uhud in, in, in reward for following the janazah and the burial of his Muslim brother and sister. And by us attending a janazah of our Muslim brother and sister, we are fulfilling the right of the deceased. We are also fulfilling the right of the, rel- the living relatives of the deceased as well. So may Allah Ta'ala give us, the, myself first, and each one of us listening, the ability to fulfill the rights of each one, one another. As I made mention in the starting, we should just keep that hadith in mind when the Messenger of Allah say something to the effect that none of you can be a true believer until you love for yourself what you love for your next Muslim brother. And like this we should try and fulfill. Today everybody is fighting for rights, but we are not worried about are we fulfilling the rights of our, our, our brothers and our sisters? May Allah Ta'ala grant us the ability, may Allah Ta'ala grant us the understanding of how important it is to fulfill the rights of one another.